Welcome to the Fully Adored Podcast. I'm your host, Charizard Chakra, and I'm a life and relationship coach. Each week, I'm going to bring you my best advice, motivational insights, and inspiring expert conversations to help you feel empowered, aligned with your dream relationship in life, and totally ready in receiving what you desire most. It's time for you to be seen, be heard, and be deeply loved for exactly who you are. Now, let's begin Welcome back, everyone, to the show. If you're listening for the first time, you couldn't have chosen a better episode to start with, honestly, because today I have such an extraordinary guest on the show, my beautiful friend, Nicole Sylvester, a best-selling author and a spiritual teacher, is here to rock our world by showing us what happens when a woman makes a commitment to herself to radically change her life. Nicole's story and her transformation is so profound that when you learn about it, I bet you it's going to take you some time to pick your jaw off the floor. It's, it's the truth. She, she's yes. tapped into her power and it it's just blows my mind away when I first heard about it. And I, I believe that the truth is that she did tap into her truth, but it's in the, and the power, but it's that power that's within every single one of us. And my intention for bringing her on the show is truly for you to see that you too can change your life to the extent that you are available to. And if you need that little kick in the butt, you are going to be getting it on this interview. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you giving my listeners your time. Yes. I love that uh, intro, by the way. And I love the <laughs> picking your job off the floor. It makes me think when we were in India, <laughs> you all were asking about like my past and story in my book. And I started telling you and you're all were like, had all these questions. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. It's, it was blew my mind. It blew my mind. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Nicole and I are in a mastermind program and it's, it's the best thing in the world when you get to be around women that are truly kick-ass and they have stories that make your jaw just like legit fall on the floor. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I can remember that night, um, but it's true. And, you know, that's why it can be a little bit uncomfortable, especially meeting everyone, meeting all of you ladies. Like all of us are successful in our own right. We're working on really big things. And then it's like bringing up all these things that are not the things I'm really proud of, but they're things that I share with people because I'm really on a mission to teach teach everyone that there is excellence in our humanity, that in the parts of us that make us so human, the mess ups, the, the shameful, the regrets, like there's really wisdom and medicine in that. And that we're just as good. We're just as worthy. We're just as connected to the divine as anyone else. I love that. I love that so much. And I know that you say you're not proud of your story, but the truth is if it wasn't for your story, you wouldn't be where you are right now, which is, I, I'm, I know by now my, right. my people are like, can you please share what this story <laughs> is? 
<laughs> they they want to hear all of the suspense, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's, you are going to get the whole story if you want that in her book. But we're going to just yes. go into it in a little bit of a teaser, so you can just um, get a get a sense of how powerful this woman is and how transformational it was. So please begin yes. and tell us where you came from. Yes. And I do want to just share this, that it's not that I'm not proud of these things for anyone listening that might be like, oh my God, I resonate with that. Or that's a part of my story that I don't tell. It's not that I'm not proud, but it's much more fun to say, I create this event and I'm a best-selling author. And <laughs> if you meet someone, mm. you know, on a walk, like I did the other day at the beach and they ask you what you do, I'm not going to say, Hey, well, here's all these things that I'm really proud of because that might terrify them. <laughs> so seriously. So, yeah. They yeah. think that you were just born with it. You were just there like, you know, yeah, there needs to be context, right? And I think in the in the context of my transformation, then these things do make me really proud. And the cool thing is for anyone that's listening and maybe you resonate or a family member resonates, that at any given moment, we can choose that this is going to just be a part of my victory story. Mm. So let me tell you about the story that we keep talking about. <laughs> so, so suspense over. Yes. <laughs> so to start, you know, I grew up in a home where things that were normal for me were drugs and crime. I saw my dad getting beat up by police in my front yard. Um, my mom would have like a black eye here and there from my dad. And that happened in, to my aunt. It happened to my grandmother. So like domestic violence and crime and jail and all these things were not that they were right, but for me, it wasn't completely taboo. It was part of the tapestry of my life until I was a teenager when I was a teenager, I hated all of those things. I, I was mad at my mom and dad. I, they made me so upset, all the things. that I watched my dad overdose a few times, and I was scared and anxious, and I despised it. But I happened to take on the same patterns as them. And it, by the age of 17, I found myself in my first relationship, and the man that I did love, and I felt like we were just the best of friends, he became, began hitting me. Mm. And it got really violent with like a shove. I remember the night I talk about it in my book. I started, it started with like an, you know, an angry fight and a shove down to the ground. And then it went into being punched in the face. And finally I did get the courage to break up with him. And I was so proud of myself because I was just like, I'm not going to be one of those women. And when I broke up with him, it was about two months later, maybe he actually came and kidnapped me from a party and beat me until I was unrecognizable, raped me and just dropped me off at a hospital. So I really thought I was going to die that night. And it's interesting because for most people, if you've never experienced this kind of abuse in your life, you would think, well, now you're done, like you'll never do it again. But I had this thing where I happened to just be attracted to these men with these woundings that were just like mine, like this emotional wounding and um, codependency. And of course, the next man that I dated, it was same thing. I just felt like he was my best friend. We had a relationship. It was not a healthy relationship now in this current perspective, but he too began to be jealous and angry, possessive. And then he started abusing me. Now this man, it was interesting because I was in the space of doing anything. Like I wanted to do anything for my man to love me. Like I was just so desperate for love. Like I didn't love myself. I didn't feel loved or seen or connected by with any of my uh, family members. So with this man, it was like my person and he was selling drugs and we were living in Vegas at the time. And I saw an opportunity for me to make even more money. And I was like always an entrepreneur at heart, I guess. 
And I decided that I would take some of this, these drugs as cocaine and fly it back to Pennsylvania where I'm from and make even more money. So we did. And by the age of 25, I made my first million. Um, we bought a beautiful like $900,000 home on a golf course in Vegas. And I had my daughter. Now, when I had my daughter, it was not planned. And that was when I decided like, I do have something to live for. I have someone, I have a daughter now and I don't want her to go into these same patterns. So I wanted to stop like doing what I was doing and I wanted to get out of this relationship. But my ex was very abusive to the point where there was a day where this was like the climax of the abuse where he threw a wooden toy at my head. It was like one of my daughter's toys that were on the living room floor. He threw the toy at my head and it cut my scalp, the crown of my scalp, and I had to get 10 uh, staples in my head. And I mean, there was blood everywhere. It was so scary. And in the hospital that day, I remember feeling like I wish I could just tell the cops and escape. And I had to make up a story and say that I was in the garage and a shelf fell and a can of paint fell on my head <sighs> because I, my daughter was at home. There were guns there. There were drugs there. And I knew that like, I didn't know what would happen. So I went home and for those following weeks, I just decided like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out. And he wouldn't let me ever leave with my daughter. So there was a day, and this is where my book starts for any of you that want to get my book or my audible. My book starts is me in that deciding moment of like trying to figure out how can I leave? What can happen? And I had Xanax that I would take for anxiety. And I decided to crush up one of the Xanax or two of the Xanax and put them in his food and in his drink. And just like the struggle that I had internally that I didn't want to be like him and I didn't want to hurt him. But at the same time, it's like, that's the only way I saw that I could escape. So I did. It was so scary. He fell asleep. I left. Six weeks later, I was in Philadelphia. He was still in Vegas at our house. And I get a call from Las Vegas Homicide that there was a woman that they found dead in our home. She oh, was shot. Gosh. Yes. And they thought it was me. So they were just like, well, the neighbors said they haven't seen you or your daughter for a little bit. And we're making sure this isn't you. Um, but you're going to have to come and get the keys to the house and, and take over your home. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I mean, I was just like devastated. I just couldn't believe in all this, all of these. It's interesting what goes through my head. A, it could have been me and there was a lot of guilt, but B, there was this feeling of like, oh my God, now there's like the worst thing in the world to me was being a single mom. And now that my daughter had to grow up knowing that her father was a murderer. Like, what would that be like for her? So it was very heavy. N needless to say, I went back to the house um, in within two days um, and he was finally found and put into prison. And that's when I decided like in my home, I went up into my, it happened in my master closet, which is like the size of my current bedroom. <laughs> so it was, it was massive. And I went up into my bedroom and into the closet and I saw where the body was removed and there was still blood there. And I just felt with every part of me, like the, the guilt and that like, this can't be in vain. Like I cannot let these patterns continue. So that was the beginning decision, but it was like, first, you know, me getting sober, second, me deciding to like get a regular life. <laughs> and then, um, and then God took over and, you know, here I am doing what I do now. So that's a story in a, in a nutshell, but the book is very, you know, very, um, it's it there's a lot in that book and it's it reads like a fiction book but it's all true oh my god even though i have heard the story goosebumps all over me yet again because it's just it sounds so, like something that you watch in a movie and you can't you will, you don't believe that it can happen to 
to someone. And thank you so much for sharing that. It is yes. so raw and so real and so so emotional. I mean, every bit of me wants to like hug you and, but, but the the Mm. truth is I know that there is, you know, you've done the work of releasing all that trauma and letting go of everything that has happened to you. And you have had such an incredible journey. And now, Nicole, will you share with us where you are now in your life? Yes. I mean, for me, it's like I still work through the trauma in ways, but the work, what this has done for me, and this is why I feel like life will guide us through wherever we need to, you know, whatever we need to see, feel, or experience so that we can get the medicine that we need from the experience. And when I look back, I just see that I was being shaped into being the teacher that I am today. Like there's ways that I can hold space and teach people because I've gone through all this that other people just can't. So it's given me that gift in all of that pain. And I have a great deal of compassion just for people going through their things. Like if someone calls me and tells me that someone's dealing with a drug addiction or, um, you know, is going through a divorce or going all these things, I really do see the gift in the fires that we're going through in life. Because I know that if we surrender to them and if we're willing to do the work and to get what we need from it on the other side, there's going to be wisdom and strength. So beautiful. And the compassion and the non-judgment that you have for these people, because you know what it feels like, how trapped a woman can feel like when they're in an abusive relationship, when they are, you know, living, you know, from the outside, this beautiful, I'm sure, flawless life of, you know, having the incredible million dollar house and a daughter and all the blings that comes with it. And yet, the person is truly suffering. They are the the woman is in constant state of fear. Um, yes. Forget about you know just just not being loved and seen, but to be legit, so deeply hurt physically, emotionally, verbally by a man that is supposed to be loving you and protecting you and cherishing you. That's just incredible. Absolutely. And one of the things I always tell people when I do my talks is that because people are like, I can't imagine you being like that. You know, I was to the point where even though he had done all those things, when I actually drugged him and escaped, I don't know if I wouldn't have gone back. I really didn't have a place of belonging in my own heart. And even in my own, like with my family, when I would go home to them and I know that they love me and I love them, but they're abusive with one another. Mm. So it's always like, you can't find your place of like your safe space. So it really took me developing a safe space within myself. And I talk about that in my book as well. It's like, it took me finding that I am my own sanctuary hmm. and, and it's changed my life in so many ways. I mean, in business, because you know, the haters come <laughs> like when we're <laughs> online being visible. There's going to be haters. They come the bigger that we get, the more that they come. And there's little things like that. Or when someone doesn't like something or, you know, rejection, it's like finding that safe space within ourselves, even if it takes a few hours or a few days to get there. But it's like the most important thing to cultivate that I feel. Oh my God. So, so many breakthroughs right now happening, right? I know to the people that are listening. One thing that uh, Nicole, I want to circle back to, you mentioned that you grew up in the family, that abuse was just the way it was, even though you knew you didn't like it, even though you knew that it's not obviously love, but you saw that and you, 
pretty much adopted that and you started mm-hmm. that um, in your own relationship with the first one. And then you think that it's now you learned your lesson and comes the second time. And I just wanted to yeah. point out that, you know, this is where we have to understand that where our relationship skills get taught to us, you know, even though we see something that is so painful, like our loved one getting hurt, but the, the programming of our belief system starts to get shaped that this is what love looks like. And this is what I deserve as a woman. And so I'm going to go ahead and create that in my life. Um, not once, but twice and how the characters could change, but the patterns just get worse and worse and worse when they're not addressed. So I would love it if you could share what did get you out of this pattern? You know, you, you saw yeah. that it had happened, but how did you actually implement the changes? Because women all the time, see, I see this pattern, but I don't know how to change it. So how did you do that? Yeah, for me, it's, it's getting super honest and really taking responsibility. You know, after those two abusive relationships that were physically abusive, I found myself with a man that I loved. And this is the journey that I do take the readers on because I take them through where there's two physically abusive men. And then I find this man who does not hit me. And on paper, he's great. He's an engineer. His credit's great. He's like good with his money, but he's emotionally abusive mm-hmm. and verbally abusive and like does things like shuts me out and and I, then it shows up how my abuse overflows into that relationship as well. All the abuse that I have like just gotten so used to. So for me in that relationship, it was such a great teacher. And that's when I also found my spiritual practice. And I had to look at all, all the ways that I was moving towards these relationships, choosing them day by day, moment by moment, and finding that they were okay. And there were times where it would drive me crazy because I'm like, I know this is so painful and I know that this is not the right person for me, but I can't stop obsessing over it. So I had a very like chaotic, anxious mind and I was just anxious person in general. And I would do things like call them like 27 times, like, which is crazy. I was actually thinking about this, I think, cause I was talking to you today and you're, <laughs> you teach people this stuff. And I was like, thinking about me 10 years ago, like if someone's like, no, I don't want to be with you. This was me and this person getting in fights. I would like just keep calling, keep texting. Like I was so scared to be alone, Mm -hmm. to be abandoned. So it was a huge abandonment wound for me. Um, And once I started understanding those things and reading about it and, you know, doing my spiritual practices, I saw every time I put myself into a painful situation, I had to sit down with myself and say, why am I doing this to myself? Hmm. What could, what, what is a higher choice here? What do I really want and deserve? And I remember it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of people that will say this and it's been, I find it to be so true. As you grow, the people you're attracted to and the behaviors that feel good to you shift big hmm. time. And that's been such a case for me because now I'm so mindful. Like I have no time for someone to waste my time. If I don't feel seen, heard and honored in a relationship, whether it's friends or a man, I'm out. Like I don't, I don't, and I'm also like that with myself. I love that. I love that. So your tolerance level for being mistreated and not being seen and heard for you for who you are has gone completely the other way. You were you were first attracted to those who didn't see yes. you, who didn't honor you and now you're like huh no, ain't nobody have time for that. Well, not <laughs> yeah. even like a, like, not even like an average honoring. Like I want to be like revered. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> like, like, so if I'm not being treated that way, then no. <laughs> so, 
you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I freaking <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's it's the truth. It's it's the truth. And I it must have started with the way that you started to value yourself and to to know that you do deserve a relationship as such because it, it comes down to that, right? It's about that what we believe we deserve that we're gonna put up with. So the shift Absolutely. that you made um is was com- a complete 180 and what what a privilege this is that now your daughter this lineage that you had you broken that and now she sees when a woman um what what does it look like that when right. a woman really cherishes and honors herself and demands it of others and if she is not then she just walks away from it yeah like it's not even worth a conversation for so many like the thing that's interesting though that i have seen at least in my case and i don't know all of the research and psychology behind this. But for me, it's like direct correlation to my dad. My dad, the way he shows love is so interesting. Um, I know he loves me. My dad calls me like all throughout the week. We talk, but my dad, I could literally have Bill Gates, Oprah, and the like president give me an award today. And my dad would still, like he sometimes would be like, okay, congrats. But he always finds something sarcastic to say. Like he doesn't Mm. know how to show love. So for me, part of the biggest healing was learning not to take that personal and to begin to look at my dad as as a grown man that has a hurt little boy within him. And I was able to look at, I mean, I had to do a lot of this work with my mom and dad, but especially with my dad, because for my dad, it was like seeing that the way that he's acting out is his little boy and it's wounded. And I look back at how his father and him had the relationship and how he was taught to have love and all these things. And to this day, if I tell my dad, I love him or even try to hug him, it's like bizarre. He doesn't know how to handle it. Mm. (laughs) Like my mom died and my dad, like would he just hung up the phone because he couldn't, he wouldn't cry on the phone with me. So I've learned to just stand in my truth and my own sovereignty and know that like, yes, I was born to these parents, but I am here as a child of God, period. And so are they, but I don't have to look at their approval or I'm good enough. And I stopped needing that from men or my dad or anything. So I saw that I could see the way of my dad loving and my dad's way of being. And that's where I looked for love. The other thing is for me, knowing pain and love simultaneously. They weren't separate as a child from my parents. Like there was like severe lash outs. I would get hit and things like that. But then I'd also be told I'm loved and feel safe and secure. So I didn't know the difference. So for anyone that feels that there's a lot of work and awareness that needs to be done and these things need tended to consistently. Wow, that is truth bombs because it's the truth. And I can really resonate with that, Nicole, is because the way that we've known love from our parents, you know, that's where it all began is in, in our in our brains and in our belief system is that what we believe love is to you, love and pain came together. So if there yes. was no pain, that also meant that the person didn't really love you. And right. also as a little girl who, you know, even up to this day, you know, your dad is not someone that can give acknowledgement or recognize of all the amazing things that you accomplish. And so a little girl in that sense will say like, well, nothing that I accomplish is ever good enough. When is he ever going to see me? And right. we take that same mentality to our relationships and we keep on picking men that 
do the exact same thing to us in hopes that one day, finally, we're going to accomplish enough for him to see me and love me. So it's like a game, a painful game that we play with ourselves. And it actually served me early on in my business because I could see, like I started waking up to these little ways that even when I thought I was healed, it would still show up and like it made me an overachiever. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the point where I'm like, I don't need to prove anything. <laughs> so I feel like it did serve me in some weird Totally, way. totally. <laughs> yeah. I totally resonate with that because that was that I was an overachiever because the way I used to get love was by achieving. So that got really good at me. I like I got so well in school when I was a civil engineer. I was, you know, doing really great at my work and it's and when I started my business but then comes to a point where you reach is like who am I doing this for am I doing it to get validation and and recognition from other people or can I give that to myself can I actually say well done Sharzad well done Nicole you're doing incredible for you and you don't yes. need the other people to give you that stamp of approval. I love that so much. Totally. It's also important to point out, like I was single for a while. I'm still single now I've dated. Um, and it's like, I'm grateful that the people I've dated where it wasn't all fit because it's like, I had to totally redefine the kind of men that I date and not just from obviously the abusive ones, but even being with the one ex that I described. And then the man that I dated after that, it's like I keep evolving and growing. So I really give myself the space of allowing, like it's like I'm in a relationship with myself, with spirit, with my calling. And I feel like such a deep trust that wherever my king is, he's, he's going to be woven into my path. And whether oh. I'm called to do something, whether one day I am called to go on a dating app, then if I feel called, I'll go. But right now I'm not. And I just feel that deep trust. And um, it's allowed me the space. Like I can't imagine if I just kept, dating, 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 like what kind, like it would have interfered with my own growth. Absolutely. In in a way. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And the fact that you're being spiritually guided and you're not acting out of fear, the mindset isn't that I am afraid if I date someone, uh, my, my blinders will come on and I will not see the red flags. You have gotten to a point that you know what those red flags are and you are focusing on, you know, not just just recognizing red flags, but you are available for that nourishing, loving, honoring, cherishing relationship that you so highly deserve. I really, really honor that. Yes. And you know, for me too, not even red flags in my mind, like I've done a lot of work on embodiment and the things I feel in my body and my body is like, no, (laughs) so many of these men, like, you know, where it just doesn't feel like, you know, you know, when you meet people, whether it's a friend or a lover, that it just feels good. It feels safe. It feels supported. And um, it's just been, it's an interesting, it's very interesting. So I find this time of, for me, is like really sacred time because it's been me being guided and creating and also just slowing down in a, in a really beautiful way. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. And I like the tagline of my book is journey from chaos to consciousness. I'm like, that's truly what it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. And I love that you brought it up that our bodies know, but unfortunately we are not brought up trusting our bodies. We are brought up with facts, with masculine is this person on the book and the, in the looks in the, all that departments is okay. Then I must be okay. But when we are attuned with our body embodiment of the energy, our feminine wisdom it's always speaking to us, but the question is, are we listening? Are we yes. actually listening? 
I love yes. that you brought it up. But let's talk about your book since you brought it up. It is, you know, tell us the title and the tagline one more time, even though everyone's going to get it in the show notes. But I would love it if you could speak about it a little bit more. Sure. It's O Shift, A Journey from Chaos to Consciousness. And it looks like it says O oh Shit. <laughs> but there's a I love the title. Scribbled in. Yeah. I love it. I've scribbled in. So yeah, I felt really called to write this book. Like literally, like I'm in the midst of working on a book, my second book, and it just doesn't feel the same because this book, I just knew it needed to get out. There's women and men that read it. There's people that have experienced none of what I've experienced, but I really, they, they get a lot from it because I did not hold back. Like I, when I was reading my book again on Audible recently, I was like, I can't even believe I shared some of those like inner thoughts. <laughs> like... Thank like God I, that I, you I went, did. Yeah. So I was, it was very vulnerable share, but I really wanted people to know kind of like I used to need to know that there's nothing wrong with me for thinking the things I feel, think and feeling what I feel that there's nothing wrong with me and that we can still lean into our greatness and still have all of these weird, crazy human thoughts and feelings and insecurities. So that's what the book was really about is gathering up all the aspects of ourselves that we've abandoned and thought we're not good enough or pretty enough or, you know, worthy of being seen and, and showing them to the world and saying, I'm going to accept myself in all of this. So brilliant. So brilliant. And thank goodness that you didn't hold back because this is, this is life-changing for a woman that is in an abusive relationship in a place that you don't have to have the exact same story as dramatic as Nicole has. But I know every one of us has a story that has us keeping feel stuck. Like if we feel stuck that we can't move forward, that there, you know, I'm just too damaged. There's too much happened to me that for me to deserve to have a love that is of love and abundance and and just happiness and I think um, you know just being stuck in a comfort zone being stuck in the rut like everything on paper again looks okay but you're just not happy and fulfilled having someone like you share her story and share her path and what happens to a woman when she truly connects with her truth and and power what is possible for her for someone like you know you that you have this beautiful business now and you travel around the world and you just live your life by your own terms not living in fear and being be feeling like you you need to just keep yourself in a box because that's all you deserve so beautiful. right i love that and also i would say this that like i've been surprised that who has read the book and their feedback. Like for instance, there was a male life coach that reached out to me, this guy named mm. Nick. And he was like, I got so much from your book because it reminded me that I'm not going in all of, enough. Mm. And like, he's like, if you can do all that as a single mom, overcoming all of that trauma and build your business this way, I'm playing small. <laughs> and I was like, wow. exactly. <laughs> so you may find inspiration in just that because yeah, like I had to move with my daughter she was four. We moved to LA and we didn't know, we didn't have, I didn't have baby babysitters here. I didn't have childcare. Um, I didn't even have a job, but I just knew that there was a part of me that was being called here for healing. Mm -hmm. And I was because this level of healing and the spiritual components and things like that, that are available in Los Angeles just aren't available in Vegas or Philadelphia where I lived previously. So Incredible. it's really that trusting. Yeah. 
That is so true that when someone looks at themselves, you know, even like I said, if the person hasn't gone through all the craziness that you have gone through, but when you look at someone, it's like, if she can do it with all that shit, all that trauma, being a single mom, I really have no excuse. Such a big inspiration. So So tell us, uh, Nicole, how can we find you on the social? Yes. So Instagram, Nicole Sylvester, Nicole with an H. Um, I love to play on Instagram. I love doing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I have YouTube videos that I put up from my Facebook lives. I do a lot of Facebook lives. And then also my podcast, The Harmonious Hustle, which is modern spirituality, transformational coaching. And also we talk a lot about business. I feel like each of us has a calling. I feel like each of us were born to be abundant. And five years ago, I had no idea that any of this was within me. And literally four years ago, I had an insight and I followed the breadcrumbs and I surrendered and I was crazy. <laughs> like, and I, you know, I just, I believed in myself and I believed in spirit and all of this has come from that. So that's what that podcast is really about. Love it. Love it. You're a woman that walks her talk. And I know that my audience is going to just adore you the way I do on the mm. Instagram and you all the things that you do in this world. Thank you for sharing yes. that. And we'll, we'll have all of that in the show notes. And I'd love to end with a question that I ask all of my audiences. And that is, Nicole, if you could give the younger version of yourself the, the girl that was facing that abuse, facing everything that she's gone through, one advice, what would it be? You are what you're looking for. Boom. Tell me more. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be the title of my book. Um, and it's everything that I looked for in men, in alcohol, in drugs, in the money, and all the purses I used to think I needed to be worthy. Um, I was looking for me. I was looking for all the things that were within me, my purpose, my passion, my lovability, you know, my gifts and that safe space I talk about. Love it so much. It is the truth. We are constantly seeking and searching for that something that give us the happiness, the joy, whether it's the dress, the shoes, the man, the money, all of it. And it always comes down to you're enough. What you have to give yourself is enough. And when you get that done, everything else comes in, comes in. You just, you don't even it have does. to work on So, like, so thankful and grateful. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, it is. What a powerful, powerful show. Thank you so much, Nicole. Once again, I know my of listeners course. love you and ladies go ahead, go follow her everywhere, get her incredible book, get the full story. And remember that you really, really have the power to change your life radically, like inside and out. You get to do that if you choose to. And make sure that you share with us on the social, um, in Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to, of what you learned and what are your biggest takeaways from this interview. Once again, thank you so much, Nicole, for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you found it helpful, it would mean so much to me if you share it with someone that you think needs it. If you share it on Instagram, make sure to tag me at Fully Adored so I can connect with you and get to know you better. And to get notified for the next episode, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. I love you so much and until next time, remember that you deserve to be loved for exactly who 